0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Certified Wrench Podcast. I'm your host, Colton McCormack. Let's dive into today's episode, episode sixty. Kind of a big deal to me. We're climbing slowly. You know, I've had to take a couple weeks off here and there, so we, it set us behind quite a bit. But I have to say, today's episode is going to be one of my favorite episodes. Uh, if you guys are wanting to go out on your your own start your own business whatever whatever start your own shop this is the episode to listen to this is a top-notch episode i was enthralled just by listening to our guest today I, i just wanted to sit there and listen to all his stories and all his positivity when it comes to this industry But before we dive into today's episode, if you guys could go over to whatever streaming platform you're listening to this podcast on, give me a like, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, I know I was joking around about the one star thing, but you know, it's kind of turned into getting one stars as a joke or two stars and then somebody leaving a weird uh, review. I don't know. If you guys could help a brother out, five stars are great they help out with the algorithm, they help out with the growth of the podcast. Anyway, let's get into today's episode. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. No intros? No, no, fuck it. I'll do that later, I guess, but I guess we'll just introduce ourselves. I mean, present in the
1: future, Back to the Future, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, should I do
0: an outro at the beginning of one episode? That's all, folks. (laughs) That's
2: (laughs) how any Tunes action there,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, do the intro (laughs) at the end. Anyways, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this. Uh, it's morning and afternoon with the time
0: change. I'm still fucked up from it. Well, who are you? Um, uh, you didn't even say that part. Well, I will, I'll get to it. Everybody knows who I am. I'll introduce myself, you know, when I do the intro. Who are you? You are joined by Joe Cashin, <laughs> and we got a special guest over here. Uh, introduce yourself because I don't want to screw up your big name.
2: Oh, yeah, my big name. It's just Robin Ray.
0: Robin Ray, you want to sit a little closer to the microphone?
2: Sure, I'll we'll do that. Yeah, that's perfect.
1: When, uh, I was, we were just talking a minute ago, but I was trying to think, I'm pretty sure I came across your page on Instagram and I was like, who's this truck? And it says tag Fort Worth. I started scrolling through your page and I'm looking at everything. But, uh, yeah. And anyways, like right after that, I was working down there in Grandview and you drove past me and turned around and yep. you're like, Hey, I, we just talked on Instagram like just the other day. Yep. But yeah, we've been, uh keeping in contact over the last couple of months
2: chasing trucks around town yeah that's a uh,
1: that's how me and my
0: buddy Trent met like on Facebook service trucks page I guess and then he worked literally across the street from me at the oh at the <laughs> <laughs> the place there the Komatsu dealer I'll have to cut that out uh and we ended up getting fuel at the same gas station one day and we're like okay just gave each other a big old yeah. hug and you know, like, hey.
1: Been bros ever since.
2: I know you. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then actually, uh, funny you talk about that, how uh my my latest TikTok, I've been having a lot of fun with those, whatever, with right. D.O.V.A.N. And some guy, he just started liking all my shit. And I'm like, man, I recognize that guy from somewhere. And he's got a big old white beard. And so I went and creeped on his page. He works for the Bell. I don't know what the... I don't know how to say their company name, but they, they do like Bell Machines and Hyundai, I think out here. Huh. Um anyway, I'm like, I've seen this guy before, so I fucking hit him up, dude. We we talked like all day yesterday on TikTok and he's like, Here's my number and all this stuff. I'll hit you up, dude. But he yeah, his name's Phil. Shout out, big dog. He he didn't even know nothing about the podcast. He's like, I'm listening to one right now and all this stuff and I'd get a little commentary on it. Shit. So
1: he just found you on TikTok and then started listening to He's podcasts. like,
0: I saw the the tag for Dallas Fort Worth. And I've seen him before at a job site. Because He started I creeping on you. Yeah, he was creeping. He's like
1: a, trying to do the math on what company you work for. I told him. Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> not a lot of people know, but I told him. I, I didn't care. But uh,
2: Sometimes that's how some of the best friendships are made. You yeah. know, just random occurrences. You yeah, know, here we go started creeping on your yeah, Instagram he was like no. hey what's up
0: I'm like I'm the yeah. young guy with the 45 year old voice and <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah no that's a it's pretty cool man getting to meet so many people I've gotten I've gotten a lot of know gotten a lot oh my god <laughs> gotten to know a lot of people through this fucking podcast and we've built a hardcore community and uh it's been pretty awesome
2: well, there's two versions of people, you know, you have the people that are in the industry that are willing to work together, you know, and, and be humble about it and ask questions or help others out. And then you have the other ones that, <laughs> you yeah, the plane, barely, barely sorry, be I, have, yeah.
1: by. <laughs> I, uh, the shop's right down the road from a airport. So that happens <laughs> That's sometimes.
2: Awesome. That's right. Our last shop was right across from the train tracks. So, you know, every hour you hear the train horns, nothing through going there. Yeah.
0: Um. The hell was I just gonna say I do that every time I was gonna ask you about something so we're gonna do some background or what yeah let's talk about you a little bit and then if I can remember um I'll say it yeah. but uh let's talk about you I want to know what You've listened to the podcast. No, I've listened yes? to some episodes, yeah. Some episodes. Yeah. This guy. Well, hey, man. You yeah. know, I, my phone's yeah.
2: ringing more than yeah. I can freaking turn a wrench
0: sometimes. No, just kidding. I, you know, the people listening that have listened to every episode been dying to come yeah. on like, what? Yeah. Hey, just you remember. had somebody
1: that only listened to two episodes? No, no come on now. <laughs> no. Just remember, folks, local gets pushed to the front yeah. of the line first. If you're in D F W, find Colton and just uh make him do a podcast with you. Yeah. No.
2: Chase him down. But, hey, or hey, or hey. just
1: uh show up to your scheduled interviews and you won't have to listen to the fill in backup team here. So. <laughs> oh
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah. well yeah, that's kinda how this worked out. Sorry, I keep fucking go ahead.
2: I'm sorry. No, nah, no worries. So my name's Robin. So Ray. uh no, <laughs> no, <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Robin Ray. I uh been doing this a lot of years i grew up in a wrecking yard tow company and uh, we did everything from towing we had our own heavy equipment we built our own tow trucks we did our own diesel repairs motor rebuilds transmissions clutches and learned how to operate everything and learned how to weld and so that's where it all pretty much started and when i left there i went to work for a heavy equipment company and uh, started in field service there for them because i already had a ton of experience under my belt doing stuff and just kept taking off done multiple different things i've worked for two different cat dealers uh arizona and california southern california
0: i can i uh, i'm assuming it's the cat dealer that starts with a Q. Nope. one of them nope no geez no. that seems to be like nope. the further, popular... further south okay. further south
2: that seems to be the popular cat dealer in... starts with h oh okay oh okay i know that one yeah so they have uh hawaii saipan guam they have all the pacific islands too oh wow Anything, and, and then they had some operations in mexico close to the border or anything but uh you get to do some of that work <laughs> <laughs> no i wish and go down and get tacos you know yeah. <laughs> and everything else but that i worked for uh, another a rental company um we had about 600 pieces of cat iron and there were that dealership's you know main competitor and everything and that's where i learned a lot of the the cat stuff and really started getting into it
0: Sorry. My dad's FaceTiming me. Should we connect him? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on people. Thanks dad. Due to my
2: freaking dad interrupting. I forgot where we left off. So where were we? Well he left off at uh working for a rental company that was a direct competitor of the, cat, so you the left, local cat dealer.
1: You left cat to for them or?
2: No I uh when I left for my parents' wrecking yard tow company and everything like that, I went out and I did a bunch of different little jobs, worked for little mom and pop companies and was their mechanic and superseded. And then I saw these guys because we're always renting equipment from them and seeing that they're always busy. And I like to work. I don't like to sit home and I don't, you know, <laughs> like rain days and all that other stuff because you don't make anything. And then you got to burn up your vacation and mm-hmm. your all that other stuff, which is a whole nother aspect of being a business owner. But went to that rental company and, Learned a lot of different stuff and got in the field and kept running from there and left there, went to the cat dealer in Arizona and started out in one of their shops and then moved into MindSport working on the biggest stuff that cat made. And I was all excited because by the time I made it to their shop, I was pretty burnt out on, on yellow iron. It was the same failures all the time that you see time and time again, you know. The customer bring in, oh, hey, it's doing this. Most of the time, you didn't have a diagnosis, you just already knew. You just throw mm-hmm. the part on it get it out the door. So I was pretty burnt out, and the economy was going down and everything. So I transferred over to MindSport because China was building an Olympic Stadium, and so copper was just crazy price. And they are moving massive amounts of, of dirt and everything and went in there. And I remember the first time I went to – it's okay to say the town's where you go? Yeah, you – Yeah, yeah. I, well i went to (laughs) went to marinci arizona and they have a main shop there and it's like a 60 bay shop Hmm. biggest shop i've ever seen and it's got these 793s in there 994s and d10s and everything else and went in there and got my job and they're like oh hey yeah the the brakes one side's locking up and the other one's not on the 793 i'm like hmm okay so tip the bed up and go up there and here you go. Same parts as a little 740 articulated rock truck, just on a bigger scale. I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. Here we go again. You know, just, just uh, need a bigger crane. Yeah, bigger crane. Well, you learn really fast to go to to Walmart and buy a subwoofer and break speaker off of it, and then go get yourself some uh, some clothesline. You know, you string from pole to pole and tie it to that magnet. So when you drop a wrench, you don't have to climb all the way down the ladder to go get it. You just drop that magnet down there and pick That's... your tool up and and rope it back up to you. Good idea. Yeah. We did that and switched from there to doing a couple other things, but I got about 22 years in a field truck. Actually,
0: we'll save that magnet on a rope thing because people always want to know, what kind of custom tools do I need? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What kind of custom tools have you made? So we'll save that. We'll talk about that. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but. You guys, there's a tool for you, yeah, bastards.
2: <laughs>
1: Big ass magnet on a on a rope, yep. patented. So
0: that's complete to this day, twenty two years or
2: it's about. I mean, on and off, you know, same years and stuff around trucks. I've done multiple different things. I worked for a well drilling company. I learned how to drill wells. Um, I worked for Department of Homeland Security as patrol agent for a while. And uh, thank you Obama for uh, killing that one for us all or anything. <laughs> so left there and be uh, did service manager in North Dakota was fleet manager in San Diego for a while for another really big uh, concrete company. We had like 23 locations and over 500 pieces of equipment. And still every day I put my coveralls on, go help my guys and get in there and, you know, tell them what we want done or show them they're struggling. Because I had all that experience under my belt, you know, and just kept going at it. So,
0: Hell yeah. So now you're in your own rig and in Texas. And in <laughs> Texas. So Did that you... was an
2: interesting about how we got here. Sort of like how yeah. oh, you were saying on your first journey, you know, like, I was working for a company in Sacramento of all places. Fuck that place. <laughs> <laughs> and uh a guy that I know um from back at that re- that rental competitor to the
0: Oops name drop
2: dealership. Oh, sorry. Cat, right. dealer. <laughs> Cat dealer. Cat dealer there in minutes. San Diego. And uh I knew him for a lot of years and he kept calling me and kept missing his calls. I'd call him back. He missed my calls and sort of playing phone tag. And so he finally got a hold of me one day. He goes, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, sitting behind a desk. You know, I was a store manager at that point in time for another construction company. Same thing, putting my coveralls on, going helping, getting a truck, wrenches, you know, pickup truck, you don't get the full benefit of the crane, but Hey, you get your multimeter and some <laughs> screwdrivers. <laughs> but, uh, he's like, you should come to work for me out here in Texas. I'm like, you know, sort of talk back for, and, forth, and they tell me how much you want to pay, and okay, hey, daydream, and man, and then go back to work. You know, so he kept harassing me, harassing me, and harassing me. And we're strong in faith, you know. So we're uh, we prayed about things, and we had three confirmations, you know, to come here to Texas. And that company I was working for, one of their customers, one of their biggest customers, actually had a broken machine here, and that machine went through seven different dealers in multiple states. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. Hmm. And since I had that cat background, they came to me and goes, Hey, we want you to, you know, go over all these service invoices, you know, from these dealers and see what they missed or what's going on. And went through everything, put a whole list together. I'm like, okay, they didn't check this, this, and this. So contact the company, say, Hey, you know, when it happens again, make sure that cat dealer goes through this, does these checks in order, you know, this is probably more than likely to show what that problem is and get it finally fixed. And, uh, darn the next day they call me up say hey, the machine's messing up I'm like okay, give them that information I'm like well where's it at you know what dealers there I'll re- get in and I'll talk to their service manager and everything. and because we were the manufacturer and so we want to give that full customer support so if manufacturers working with you know the dealer on the the engines because the machine's a different brand than what the engine are you know you have both ends of it and the customers happy we make more sales you know everything going back forth he's like oh you know it's it's there in texas and i'm like okay well you know what's your closest dealer and so he tells me and so i call my buddy up i say you know we're at and we're in texas you you guys got anybody free to go look at this you know i'll tell them what to look for if you want to make some money off the repair you know he's like no i don't have anybody available so i contact the cat dealer and contact the customer and then the customer came back next day and calls up says hey we had a You know, the owner's had an executive meeting. Um, They want to send you out to Texas. I'm like, wait, what? Gosh, dang it. They're like, yeah, they don't care what the cost is. They want to send you. They want this machine fixed. And they want this machine fixed before they'll buy any more machines from you guys. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, "Eh, no pressure at all. No pressure, you know. (laughs) So put together a whole cost analysis, rental car, hotel, food, you know, whatever tooling I might need to buy from you know, whatever out here anything like that and gave it to them. They're like, they authorized it. I'm like, okay. So I caught a flight and flew out here and there's huge storm when we flew. And we had to circle the airport a couple times and uh, finally landed. And I didn't tell that guy that I was coming out here at all or anything. He just happened to call me in, and I was in the rental car on the 35 heading south, raining cows and cats and dogs and you name it. <laughs> And he's like, Oh, where are you at? I'm like, Oh, I just got on 35. He's like, Hey, man, you know, there's tornado warnings right now. He said, Why don't you come over to my sister's and, you know, meet up? You can stay here tonight. And,
0: uh, sorry, I have a great story
2: to tell. I don't know if I ever told it on here, but we'll. No, it has to do with tornadoes and work wise. (laughs) And sisters? No. (laughs) Right. So I went to a sister's house there and, you know, stayed the night there, even though I was supposed to go a lot further south and, and, uh, get a hotel room there for the night so I can be on the job set next morning. But, talked about a lot of things talked about you know our families our kids our business our futures and everything like that woke up the next morning went down there and cat dealer was supposed to meet me there at seven well the dealer didn't meet me there until noon I'm like great and so i already had the entire thing tore apart i already had a trouble shot by the time they got out of there, your rental car out of my <laughs> rental car and the little bag of tools that i brought you know i've been doing it long enough you know that the really sad part about field trucks is that you spend so much money on the truck, so much money on all this specialty tooling. And I would say probably about 95% of the equipment you can fix out of a little tote bag. I, yeah, You, I, you need uh, a, a adjustable hammer there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: I, the thing I always say is where I work now, I would only
2: need a five gallon bucket, yep. but you know, as soon as I take something off, I'm going to need it. Yep. That's how it always works. I'm, hey, I need the 20 pound sludge instead of the two pound sludge, you know? Yeah. But, uh, Went down there, tore it all apart, figured it out, and Cat uh, showed up. I needed a couple tools to take one more part, you know, off and everything, and so they took that off for me. We're looking at. It, he's like, oh, I don't see a problem. Like, eh, I need to get a light. Look at this, you know. And then we had uh, micro arcing on the internal injector harness. It was micro arcing on the injectors. Well, that doesn't always happen. There's something else that leads to that. I mean, it happens like on AC units. You'll see a lot of Deutz plugs you know, go to junk because of vibrations, but went in there and so I'm looking at the harness and it's one of those foam molded harnesses on the outside of the engine. And I'm like, all the dealers, they went through all this stuff and they've never touched that external harness, you know? And so checking it and pull it apart. I'm like, yep, there's a problem. So I told the cat guy, I said, Hey, order it. It's okay. No problem. So comes out the next day. Again, supposed to meet me, you know, seven, eight o'clock in the morning, didn't show up till one. Oh man, I'm sorry. You know, parts, I'm like, yeah, trust me. I know I work for the dealer. I know I'm, we're, you know, you can goof off at it and all that other stuff. So we get out there and pull out. And he's like, Hey man, the harness isn't, it's not the same. It's not right. It's not right. I'm like, Whoa, So open up sis there. So put that whole part number in and uh, go through the service magazines. Oh, look, it's updated part number. So that's the right. one. put it on there. <laughs> Never had another problem. The company got to sell a bunch of the the drills and all this stuff and went about our way. They were happy. I was happy. I made it back. And, couple more conversations and ended up quitting that company and getting a service truck ready for that uh, individual that brought me out here. And I drove that service truck out from Southern California and uh middle of summer. That was great. Got to about Yuma AC quit. <laughs> it's like 115 yeah. out. I'm like, Oh God, it's killing
1: me. So the AC is more just like yeah. your two window AC <laughs> pretty much into two window heat. Yeah,
2: exactly. You know, there's no cool about it. So I got out here and started for him and, kept going and cranking in massive amounts of hours. You know, he's, he didn't have a qualified guy to, like, really take care of his stuff. And there was a lot of patchwork on everything and things not, you know, fixed correctly. And just hours and hours and hours and hours and multiple different job sites. And then we got into the rainy season, started slowing down and a little bit here and there. And came to me one day and he goes, hey, man, I decided I'm not going to do anything more here in Texas. I'm like, mate, what? I'm like, I just moved my whole family out here. You know, we found a rental home. I paid all this money to move all my stuff and got my kids in school. He's like, oh, well, you can buy a truck and put it on my job in Arizona. I'm like, you want me to buy a tractor for a three-week job in Arizona? I'm like, that doesn't add up, man. <clears throat> so I told him, so, well, you know, i am just figured it out. I said, hey, either sell me, lease me, or let me use the service truck, and we've been done. I'll go out on my own. And uh, he's uh, – was a, it's he's – he likes to use the word sentimental. Everything's sentimental. You know, I like the guy a lot, you know, good friends and everything. And I always make jokes with him about that. But and that didn't pan out. And so we are cleaning up his last few job sites. They were lasting a couple months here while he decided to go back. And one day I was driving that uh, truck or anything, and I was like, man, you know, like, I really need to do my own thing. I really got to do it. I got to figure out a way to do this. And so he uh, had me go to California and drive another truck out to Arizona to one of those job sites and fix all the trucks that are on that job site. And they were hauling gravel and rock and sand, so we had to get all these end dumps prepped, and then you know, none of them were wired for dump switches, so we're putting harnesses in the trucks, and we're putting the solenoids on, and then we're getting the trailers, and the dump valves don't work, and it's just a god-awful amount of hours. So I finished, about after a week, super, super sick. And uh, driving back, Across the desert there. And it's like West Texas, how it never ends. Well, there's that section between Tucson and and Casa Grande that never ends. It's just the same tree, same cactus, you know, the same, everything. Going in circles in a straight (laughs) line. It's it's like the worst. It's like, and you guys all know, you hit West Texas and it just keeps going and going and going and going. That's how that drive is. It, it might be a two hour drive, but by the time you're done, it's like six hours. You're like, man, (laughs) and some kind of something, you need to, need to get a service truck. So I've been pondering for a while about service trucks and looking at them and, you know, 90 grand, hundred grand, 150 grand. It's like, how, how, how do we go about doing this? Because me, I was raised pretty much to always run things out of your pocket. That's old school, you know, my grandpa, my dad or anything like that. What you had is what you get to spend, what you give is what you get to work with and make do. And so that's the way I was raised. And that's the way I don't like big bank loans. You know, if something happens, hey, you may be busy and everything like that, and you built this truck and you built this business and there's a hiccup or whatever, and great, now I can't make payments. Now I just lost my truck. Well, sorry, Mr. Customers, now I just lost all the way to support my family. So there's a lot of, especially starting out in that, I would say, until like you're really established and you do have the capital in your bank, you're like, okay, I, I can take a loan, you know. It's not gonna if something happens, it's it's gonna hurt, but it's not gonna hurt that bad. So we're driving across the the desert, Arizona, and it's like, man, I got I gotta do something, you know, I can't let my family down, can't let my kids down, you know, I don't really wanna go back and go to work for the cat dealer out there, even though they're like trying to hire me. And I always made a joke with them, like, can't afford me, can't afford me. <laughs> and he's um, it was senior tech, you know, for cat out there and did landfill work. <sighs> That's a whole another story. <laughs> Nobody understands landfills unless they work in them. Mm-hmm. So I open up uh, the truck paper on my phone. I'm cruising and looking. And so there's a service truck that's been on there for about six months. And I always looked at him like, oh, man, that's tiny looking in the pictures. Like, there's no way anything like, like work, you know, whatsoever. So I'm finding trucks on East Coast prior to all that. Well, open up truck paper that day. First page, first truck right there. I'm like, okay, God, what am I calling so I called the guy, and uh, he was out of Payson, Arizona, up in the trees and everything. I'm like, hey, you still got this truck? He goes, oh, yeah, I still got it. I'm like, okay. So, said, well, you know, I'm coming through in about a week. You know, if you still have it, do you mind if I come by and look at it? He's like, yeah, go for it. Well, Payson, is a long ways out of the way between, you know, Southern California and Texas and you can go up through the mountains, all this other stuff. And so I went by there and, and looked at it, and it just snowed you probably three days before that. So there's four or five inches of snow on the ground. And I got there and it was running. Well, to me, whenever I go buy trucks, it's never a good thing. When you show up and the trucks already running, you're like, why'd you have to start it when I wasn't here? (laughs) Exactly. Like, I want to see this thing cold start. If it's that cold, I want to see it run. You know, is it, whatever and so I was running and man I I drug myself through the snow bumper to bumper on that truck looking looking all around the engine looking in the toolboxes looking at the chassis looking at the brakes looking at everything I could and I'm like okay so went through and so hey the crane doesn't work you know someone backed it into something because it was electric hydraulic crane so Mm -hmm. they backed it in they broke the winch motor off of it and broke the hydraulic pump off of it I'm like where's that and they're like yeah they threw it away I'm like (laughs) I'm like, man, I could have fixed that winch, you know. He's like, I can weld cast steel cast iron, you know. I know how to do all that stuff. I learned that, and I'm like, okay. So he's like, Hey, I want this amount for it, or anything. I'm like, Man, would you take anything less? He's like, Man, I'm retired. I've owned, you know, own my own business. I got more than enough money for all I care. Of that truck can sit there and rot into the ground. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I hate people, man. And that was thing, you know, I mean, it's just like. Cause there's a certain amount of money, you know? And I mean, when you're starting out and you don't have, you know, you don't go get these loans and you don't want to, it's a struggle, you know? And so I'm like, okay, so let me go back to Texas, see what the bank says. You know? So I talked to him and, and then I called the guy on a, a Friday. I said, Hey man, you know, so the bank will give me this for it. Would you take that? And he's like, Oh man, I was really counting on this amount and everything. And, You know, this is what I really wanted for. He goes, I'll think about it. Didn't hear anything from him. So like Monday evening, I'm like, I better call this guy, you know, because I need to know. I need to get something rolling and call him up. He goes, yeah, I'll take that for it. I'm like, okay, cool. It'll be about two weeks before I come back through. So,
0: Thanks for calling me back. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) yeah, that's just, that is a great thing, you know, and uh, went there. It was New Year's. Eve, left here about 4.30 in the morning, drove all the way to Perryson Arizona, got there at 5 p.m. And signed the paperwork, left there at 5.30. Massive snowstorm coming You could like see the front and I'm looking at the weather and it's like 20 miles away. It's already just dumping snow. And so I got my, my uh, four-year-old with me. And everything, I'm like, man, we got to beat it out of here fast, you know? So we get in it and we go down pace and we put fuel in it. And it's probably the freshest fuel it's had in the last like probably five or 10 years. I'm like, God, just please don't plug the fuel filters. I don't have (laughs) (laughs) any with me, you know? And you're just crossing your fingers. We got a long ways to go. Just, just make it. And I had my tool bag. I'm like, okay, you know, this tool bag has got to rescue me and everything. And so me and my son, we, we booked it back and we made it back here. I think like nine 30, 10 o'clock the next morning for new year's. And what my, year was that? It was just just this last Sub year. Been twenty one so into twenty two. Pretty much, what you started in July last year, right? Yeah. So we pretty much started about a month apart, right around there. I would say probably a month, month and a half apart is when you went independent, is when I went full independent.
1: So you had the truck for I like had the six tru- months Yeah, or, I it,
2: had the I had the truck for a period of time, and it was sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. And my plan was to go through and. Well, we were running the truck. We didn't go full independent, and I'll tell you why. So my plan was to bring this truck back to finish these jobs out for the guy I was working for and come home every night and go through this truck. Hey, run the new harnesses for lights and switches and get toolboxes right and make sure all the cabinets are sealed up and the compressor is good and the welders. So that way, when you go out to the customer's job site, you don't have no hiccups. You know, it's the worst thing ever. You don't look like looking like a fool, like, oh, hey, sorry, Mr. Customer. Yeah, my crane's stuck, you know. 30 feet up in the air. <laughs> I can't get it down. That's the worst ever. That happened to me at the cat dealership. Yeah. yeah. I was driving one. So our dealership before emissions really got pushed, we had a hodgepodge of trucks. I mean, we had freight liners, we had GMCs, we had Fords. I and just, everything was like cobbled, cobbled, cobbled. Never wanted to put no money. in. So here we are. I got an engine hanging from my crane and it's stuck up in there. I'm like, great. So the same thing happened to me with oh, the man. hydraulic pumps like this. <laughs> Yeah. Like Hitler truck up yeah. there. <laughs> so, went through and I was going to fix everything up so I could just hit the ground running, no problem, have a little bit of capital in the bank and everything. So, I'm driving his truck to the job site one day. When it comes to Mr. Texas State Trooper up behind me, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. So, he lights me up, pulls me over, and everything. And I've never had a truck cop do this before. He walks up and he rips that door open. And he goes, God told me to pull you over today. I'm like, Uh-oh. I got a funny story about God there. If you want to hear it when we're done with this. So he's like, uh, let me have your, uh, license registration, cab card, all other stuff. I'm like, okay. License insurance. He's like cab card registration. I'm like license insurance truck. Didn't have no license on it. You know, I kept telling my buddy because we had problems with the title. Couldn't get the title from Richie brothers lost mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. So we kept running, had to fix stuff, had insurance. We're insured through the hill. Didn't have no cab guard. So I'm like, man, this truck's like got to be parked. There's some serious things that we need to fix on this truck before it downs us hard. And so going back and forth. So what are you going to do, right? You want to make a paycheck or you want to park the truck and not work? Unfortunately, you know, a lot of us get stuck in that boat, which is a really unfortunate thing. So we go through and he's like, you know what? Pull up to the shell station over there. We're going to weigh you. And it was a triple axle freight liner, you know, having no way I'm overweight. I didn't care about that. So it goes through. And what city was this in? If he... <laughs> That was uh, over in Joshua. Okay. Yeah. And any, I ended up making good friends with that trooper yeah. afterwards. But uh, yeah, so I got I pulled over there in Joshua and got scaled. Thank God he didn't break a creeper out and roll underneath the truck. That was my dreading point if he did that because I knew, you know. I'm just like
1: might just, have a few slack adjusters. Yeah, oh, or, man. <laughs> it, no, I it
2: had the Hendrickson uh, walking beam suspension. Oh, under, yeah. All the bushings are out. So you turn a corner and the tires would yeah. stick out, you know, three inches on one side. You turn the corner the other way and the tires would go up four inches on the other side. You're like, man, this is not good. And uh, so he comes back. He waves me back to his car and goes, okay, I'm going to write a ticket for, you know, a bunch of uh, things. tinted windows, you know, because that, that's my buddy's mentality. If you can't put chrome on or tent, you know, you don't, don't want it. And that's just, that's all it strikes. But hey, chrome don't get you home. Right, Joe? Right. <laughs> <coughs> so... Go through and he's like, you know, by all rights, all means, I could put you in handcuffs right now, and take you down to the DPS station and make you pay all this stuff and then take you outside and undo the handcuffs and make you go pick your truck up from the tow yard. He goes, but I'm not going to do that. I'm like, so you're going to let me drive this? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, home's that way. Job site's that way. He's all home. I'm like, okay. So we drove it to home and about 10 o'clock that night. I'm like, I got to get this thing out of my driveway. So we hopped in and drove it down to Itasca and parked it at my buddy's place. I'm like, okay, you should be off duty by now. And uh, so the next day I call him up, you know, say, hey, dude, your truck's red tag. I told you this for months that we need to fix all this stuff. You don't have registration on it, don't all this stuff. Oh, no, it's a good truck. And, you know, all you need is here's, a title. Here's proof. Yeah. 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 He goes, all you need is a title. You know, I'll have Lisa send it out to you. I'm like, how long have you had the title for this? Oh, yeah, we've had it for a while. I'm like, so you never in that instant just, pissed me off bad and uh so he had me on speakerphone wherever he was at still to this day i don't know and we were going back and forth and someone in the background chimed in and said all you need is a title and i was like listen motherfucker what don't you understand that i don't have a fucking title to register this thing and it got dead silent wherever he was at and he's like oh it's a good truck i said no you know what i said that uh i'm gonna use my truck i'm gonna go fix all your stuff and everything you're going to pay for the fuel. If I need any help registering it, insuring it, whatever, you're going to pay for that. I said, I'm tired of this. So that day, I think I spent those two days, you know, doing the DOT, the insurance, all that our stuff. So. so I started running it on there, and that's when we we really started our Instagram, and I was just posting the stuff that we did, you know, scraper chains and turbos and whatever else, brakes. And so I had an individual that was following me on there, when he reached out. He's like, hey, man, can you work on dump trucks? Said, yeah, no problem. So went up and knocked some stuff out for him while well, he did a public post for us. He's like, hey, man, these guys are knockout. You know, they they know what they're doing. They show up. They get their stuff done. Well, then some other people chimed in. So over in Stevenville, hey, you know, I got a problem with my dozer. Can you, you know, check it out? I'm like, well, what's it doing? You know, he's like, oh, it's making smoke from the front. I'm like, let me see a video. I'm like, is hey, idler's up. Listen, send me, your, send me your serial number off your machine. So sent me a serial number, called the cat dealer, got the parts ordered, had him pay for it, you know, because we'll only carry so much. I learned that a long time ago, and that's a struggle. Unless they're a really good customer, I'll carry, but, man, it's, I mean, Joe knows it's nerve-wracking. It is, you know, when that's your livelihood and everything else. And so went out there in the rain, knocked it out, and he did a public post. And so we started blowing up from there. Well, these two guys started hiring us, hiring us, hiring us back forth, and then I was getting a bunch of random people, and I kept getting calls for lawnmowers down in uh, Waco because apparently our Google advertisement—I don't know why—has nothing to do with lawnmowers. Yeah. <laughs> but we got calls for lawnmowers, <laughs> fixed belts. I'm like, sure, I'll come down and do your belt for like 600 bucks, you know, to you know, between travel and labor yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. And they're like, oh no, I can't do that. I'm like, okay. So I kept going back and forth, doing that, and then still doing work for that other guy, closing his stuff up, and then he got all stuff parked and still doing stuff here and there for him, And, you know, kept going, kept going. And then picked up another customer and picked up another customer. And, uh, I met an individual at another truck shop on a Friday and really cool guy. I liked him. And Sunday I get a call on the phone and goes, Hey, you guys open today. And it was Sunday. It really didn't work. Some told me said just, just say yes. I'm like, yeah, what's up? He's like, hey, I got an air leak on my truck and the AC doesn't work. And And everything. Uh, Can you guys come look at it? Mike, yeah, okay. Had no idea MHC was open on Sundays. Thank God that yeah. saved me, right? I <laughs> <clears throat> was not expecting. I'm like, oh, man, you know, no. new customer. Another company name. <laughs> no, That's okay. Uh, We're uh, going to uh, leave yeah. that one in. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Apologize.
1: Free advertisement. Yeah. yeah you, you <laughs> get into it. and get talking. about Well, it I was going to say, like you said, sometimes if you have to go do something on a Sunday, there's really not that many 24-7 places no. around here. So you're very limited on what you can oh, get. Yeah. So some days it's like, look, if it's equipment parts, you're not getting anything right yeah. here. Truck parts, you can find some stuff that's 24 7, but
2: yeah, equipment wise, no, you're done. No, you're done at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. Good luck trying to get those guys to pull parts after that. Mm -hmm. But we got stuff going for it and got them up and going, paid the bill same day. I'm like, hey, okay, hey, I like that. That's nice, you know. (laughs) And uh, next day they call us up and say, hey, do you guys do trailer inspections? Yeah, do trailer inspections. Oh, yeah, I got a trailer over here. Come inspect it. I'm like, okay. So I show up and it was like, I think 11 trailers. Ended up, he's like, hey, I need all these inspected, I need the parts ordered, and I need all these fixed. I'm like, 26 sets of brakes later. <laughs> Jesus. And it was like 16 wheel seals. Wow. I was so tired of trailer brakes. <laughs> <You laughs> I'm, really? I'm doing trailer brakes in my sleep. Eyes Yeah, closed. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and knock all that stuff in, and they latched onto us, and ever since then, they've latched onto us, like, hard, you know, and so we got one division of them doing that stuff, and their trucks, pretty poor condition. You know, they're over road trucks. They're beat up, and so countless nights. And then where they parked, we ended up picking up all the the work from that yard there because they're in a brokerage yard. So hmm. then the people that own the brokerage yard had a bunch of trucks. Like, oh, I'm watching us, like, hey, do this, do this. So we're busy, busy, and still trying to fulfill those other customers that we had because we had customers Santos, Stevenville, uh, Dublin. Royce City, I mean, running all over the place. You know, you spend more hours traveling sometimes than you do for the re- actual repair. Yes. And the customer, not necessarily mad at you when you get there and you flip a switch and there, there you go. There's your machine's fixed. You know, no, your air conditioner works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to place the switch from the OFF position to the <laughs> ON position, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Swing brakes on X-squares. That's always a great one because Opry will get up there and throw his lunchbox up next to him because, you know, you dig in it. Well, on cats, cat, swing brakes back there. Mm. So when they throw it up there, it hits it. And so when they go to swing, it doesn't stop. It keeps going. And then the bucket goes into the dump truck, and there's a big old freak out, you know, and go out there and look, pick it up, click, try it. There you go. It's fixed. You know, four hours drive time for five-minute repair. (laughs) Yep. So The best. But I mean, ever since then, we took off and we've been working for them so much that we actually, we just picked up some more divisions for them. Oh, we left our shop that we we acquired one in, in uh, the town that we're at and found out real fast it was hard to back trailers in there and trucks with stacks really wouldn't fit in the doors. You know, and that's every truck in Texas. <sighs> I know. <laughs> I mean, they look cool, but when it comes to the shop, it's just not functional. I think the shop that we're at now, I think one of the trucks, I think, maybe the pipes won't scrape because someone already knocked the tips off of them you know but i think it's right there so it was all right we had concrete outside and it's okay during the summer and spring you know when it's not pouring rain or freezing you know we're able to do stuff so it ended up being more of a storage building to us when we had a really big rain and we found out that it was uh, noah's flood inside and so just a lot of things added up and a lot of because we were buying the shop and so we had to do a cost analysis, like, hey, what do we got to invest in this to make this thing work? And, I mean, costs were just beyond, you know, whole new roof. You're doing front structure, doing redoing doors because the doors are wore out. Now we got to suck at concrete because the water pipes been in there for 20 years. It's iron, so it's all rusted over and no flow. And, you know, customers are trying to bring trailers in there. I got the street blocked on one lane. I'm like, eh, whatever it is, what it is, you know, and, and keep going. So... We had a bunch of the outline customers asking us to go back to the field. So we went to do that. And all that customer that pretty much gobbled us up Say, hey, you know, we took over a place. We need the dirt. We don't need the shop. We want you guys to have the shop. So that's where we're at now.
0: Holy crap. Yeah. It's nice when things fall together like yeah. that, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. It is. And so. that's that's kind of how, like I was talking with Robin, um, we've kind of been in communication over, oh. It's it's not every day, but it's like once or twice a week, maybe sometimes. and Through we'll talk memes about, or yeah, conversation. Yeah. We'll or... talk about all the, <laughs> the jacked up stuff that Ugh, we have to deal with man. on a day-to-day basis. But It's, it's like stress some, relief. It's the therapy session. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes the harder you push for something to happen, it's like the worse or the, le- the less it wants to actually happen. Yep. So it's like, let me take a step back. Let me relax a little mm-hmm. bit. Let me kind of readjust here. And then usually by the time you're like, I'm tired of looking for... Whether it's a new service truck, whether it's a mm-hmm. shop, whether it's an employee or whatever, it's just like by the time you take a step back and kind of just like let it come to you, it's like sure enough, it it falls all falls into place. Into place yeah. yeah,
2: and so this fell into place. We're not officially open yet, but I mean, I already have customers dropping stuff off. We got stuff out from the shop. I'm like, where did all this come from? It's like yep, you, yeah. <laughs> oh, the other the other shop in the town where we live at. I mean. All of a sudden, just something would show up. They're like, "Oh yeah, they need their trailer, Well, then I'm like, "Oh, great for that customer. To let me know." Yeah, yeah. You know, I wasn't didn't have anything else going on for the day. You know, and it's the same way here. But when we took this, we uh they actually came to us and they gave us a bunch more divisions of their stuff to do. So, like, well, we'll keep you busy. You need to hire more people. And I'm like,
1: "Well, and this one's got a gate on it too, right?" Yep. So you're telling me, like, the week you moved out of that last
2: place, uh, am yeah, I the? Our stuff uh, got messed with. We had a couple instances there. The actual police officer found the guy that one night that we found walking around on the security cameras and another airplane <laughs> and uh, relocated him. We've had multiple other things messed with. Uh, we're right next to a storage facility. Mm, and best. honestly, looking back at it, probably wasn't the greatest idea to have a shop there because, you know, so many people store stuff. Good people, bad people people are doing things probably in those storage units they're not supposed to be doing. And uh, here you are, you have a full-on truck shop right next door to that, so they get to see all your stuff in and out of there all mm-hmm. the time. So, you know, that that uh, didn't turn out that great. But luckily, between the realtor and the people that we were buying that shop from, you know, we all came to agreements and we were able to relinquish it back to them you know no hard feelings with nothing everything worked out we were just going to go back to the field and keep going what we're at because i mean in this industry most of the places that you or most of the customers that you have have their own lean to their own shop i mean that's i would say probably about 90 95% of them, at least the customers that i have until it comes to equipment usually that stuff sunk out in the mud you know an acre out there and they're like oh yeah hey it's broke down i'm like you going to cut me a road out there because my truck's going to sink so here you to go, toting tool bags back and forth, trying to Ooh. get it going. So, did that the other day? Sucks. Just need to get oh,
1: a side by side and ride it off <laughs> as a company expense. There. Well, we were looking
2: at we were looking at the Sea-Doo pontoon boat, you yeah. know, to maybe start in a. a, a Division of our company next year, yeah. uh, Marine Operations there yeah. and have it as a write-off, you know, and at the same time, never mind that there's a tube behind yeah. it getting pulled across Lake. That's the, uh,
1: <laughs> that's the employee uh, benefits yep. back there. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we we'll have our employee outings every yeah. weekend, you know, so. But. Wow. What man? You just take over. You could just do the whole
0: episode because no, I was, I'm sorry, I was man. just I'm like sorry. fascinated. Like this is great. This is great.
1: Yeah. Well, I was gonna say that's why I recommended him because like every time we have a conversation, it's like an hour, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I gotta get back with these customers Same here. here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's well we like get lost other- in it. The other day, me and you were talking on the phone. I'm
0: like, all right, I got to hit the road yeah. or whatever. And I looked down, it was like 17 minutes. I'm like, no, you kept <laughs> saying, all right,
1: I got to go. And then I'd say, all right. And then you'd say something. Yeah. And I'm just like back and forth. Yeah. We well, do the same thing because
2: like you're ending the conversation and then one person brings up a point like, oh yeah. man, like, yeah, we really need to talk about that. Or like, oh yeah, you know, I had that same experience. And then before, you know, it's like an hour later, hour and a half. You're like, oh man, now I'm late. Now my stuff's not done when I'm supposed to have it done, you know. And but it was all over hydraulic hoses too. I think. Yeah. You know? and it's like, oh, well, did you hear about this or yeah. did you
0: talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, but that's the long story of us. Oh, so. dude, that was great. Like that, that, that was awesome. Super cool, and so, uh, obviously that's the
2: truck outside. Yep, that's our truck outside. That's uh, the flagship. We're actually making, trying to make some decisions here of what next truck to add to the fleet. I have another person to put in one and, and, uh, they go with me or they, they use our other truck that we have to go out and do the light stuff and everything, but they're deserving of full on truck. So I got to make some decisions here really soon of what I want to put them in and, and how we want to proceed about things, but I'm just keep pounding the pavement, keep growing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: I, we're going to talk about some stuff off
0: the air after we're done recording <laughs> Yeah, no because <worries. laughs> uh, I don't want to give out too much information, but uh, what the heck was I, I did it again? Well, go ahead, I was just going to say, that's kind of
1: how <laughs> it goes. You know, like when you made the decision to move into your truck and everything, and then you get one person that says, Hey, can you do this? And you're like, I guess. And then it's only a matter of time if you're doing good work where the word spreads and you have enough that you could, you know, just pretty much be, uh, and you, you didn't really have any local contacts around here. No, That's because the other thing. we're out of state and, right. and
2: you came here with knowing nobody. And right. so that, I mean, other people from California don't listen to this, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you know, to each his own, you know, it just shows that, that, that whole, American dream that everybody talks about, you know, that everybody goes, Oh no, that's not alive. You know this, I'll tell you what, anything is possible. as long as you're dedicated and willing to work for it, I mean, you know, us, we've worked day shift into a night shift into a day shift. And we've talked, I'm like, Hey man, like I really got to get some sleep. I'm like 38 hours (laughs) deep in this, this, I don't even know what day is it. You know, (laughs) you're on a work bender there in, in that, over the summer that happened more times than not. And then we tried switching stuff to night shift and then something would happen during the day. And it's like, then you were in the full on day and then all of a sudden it's already broken by night, something else. And you're just like, oh man, but that's how we built this is that dedication and hard work.
0: So actually you guys are both on your own. How do you break, break, what's the word I'm looking for? Family time. You know, you're trying to get this business off the ground. You're busting your ass working all these hours At what point do you go, okay, I need to take a break.
2: So me and my wife had that conversation last night. So when is, when dedication is too much dedication Mm -hmm. and there's a fine line in all aspects of that because every customer is different. So the customers I originally started with, they got to know us pretty well and know that we had kids and there's days, you know, my wife's stay at home. I got a house full of kids and we have one on the way, you know, uh, end of December, January, here we go. And, uh, excited to be a dad again, but you know, they get to know you and everything like, okay, Hey, the wife needs a break because my four-year-old, I call him a mini Viking. He just raids and pilfers the house all day long. That's just (laughs) his life's mission. And I love him to death. And he's man, if I can bottle that energy, I think that monster energy would probably try to assassinate (laughs) me. Honestly. (laughs) And so I'd take him with him because he's always buying. I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. You know, and we went together to get that truck. So, hey, it's automatically his truck at that point in yeah. time, you know. And so if I if I leave it at the shop for a night, boy, he's, hey, where's the truck at? Where's, why is it not in the driveway? <laughs> you know, so I'd take him with him. And, and my customers just... Love him to death, you know. They throw them on side by side while I'm fixing the AC, you know, and they're in their dump truck or you know adjusting a clutch or whatever. Or they put him on the dozer and they're out there showing him dirt, and he just has a blast, you know. And he's and it helps contain him actually a little bit because it allows him to focus. So that's one of the ways that I try to involve family. I mean, we're a family-owned business, you know. Late-night calls and everything when it's pretty much nobody around. A lot of times my wife will go with me. You know, my wife is... In the very beginning, we rented a shop. We had an engine to rebuild. And when we were finishing it, we were tearing it down. She came with me. She helped me tear it down. She put her hair up. She was over there breaking head bolts loose. And, you know, because I wanted to show them what this is about. So when I'm dragging knuckles walking back in that door, there's a specific reason why. Because my butt got kicked for the day. And so she's there tearing the engine. so... You know, she'll go with me. My kids will go with me. Or you know, the benefit of hey, you know, having your own business and and say not necessarily having a sh- a public public shop where you know your operation hours are from eight to five and someone has to be there. Hey, you know, I can catch breakfast with them at eight thirty and leave the house at nine. Or some days, hey, you know what? I really got to catch up on this billing because it's getting out of hand. Or you know, insurances or or you know this and that. So. Then we take that time to go. But my wife came from the same industry. So I'm lucky in that boat. There's not many women that are like that. You know, everyone wants a blue collar man until they find out what a blue collar man is all about and does. Right. So my wife came from one of the dealerships I worked at, she was risk management and so she dealt directly with service side you know obviously guys trying to lop their fingers off dislocate you know fingers this and that or whatever you know so she had to deal with all that so she already had a full understanding of the amount of hours and the the wear and tear on the body and all that stuff. so she has a tremendous amount of patience which i'm forever grateful for that because it could be horribly bad the other way right (laughs) so in your case joe what do you do
1: Well, I was going to say, you know, when I got rolling, like the first week, I think it was... God, um, airplane, shut up. This one's a helicopter. Oh, shut up. um, And it's a customer we've discussed in the past, but they called and said, hey, do you work on weekends? I got a truck that's coming in on Saturday. I said, I'm sorry, I don't work on weekends. And this was something that I really, like, I've always, I work Monday through Friday as hard as I can, and I take Saturday and Sunday off. Lucky. Well, I'll say, I'll say this, I'll say this. That's when I was working for somebody other than myself. And you say you work for yourself, but you really work for your customers. And that's something that is, you really quickly learn that uh, you're, you're the boss, but other people still, you know, kind of have some dictation over that. So everybody who thinks that you're just the final say so on everything, it's like, I can only do what my customers allow me to do. Yep. But anyways, um, so they called me, and I stood strong on that one. I'm like, look, I'm, I don't work weekends. Uh, I can take a look at it on Monday morning if you want me to, and they gave me a hard time, blah, 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 blah. And then they called me on Monday morning, and I, that reassured me that, look, I can turn stuff down, and it'll still be there on Monday morning. And if they don't like that, they can find somebody else, and that's not going to be the end of the world. But, um, you know, since then, I've worked plenty of seven-day-a-week uh, times – you know, where you're like, that was a long week and it's Friday. And then you have a long weekend working and then you have another long week right ahead of you. And so real quick that if you do, you know, 14, 21 days in a row, you're like exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I, why am I still doing this? And then you take a weekend and you're like, all right, I'm kind of, I got it back in the bag. But um, this is something I was just talking with another guy who I've met through the I guess you would say community here, but uh, shout out to uh, Mr. Jackson Lambert. He was saying that you put out as much effort as the customer puts out to you. So if that customer, like you said, pays the bill the same day and they're telling you, you know, whatever it takes, fix it. We got to get it. It's like, that's the customer I'm going to extend my energy for. But if I get a customer that, Hey, how soon can you be here? You know, ever since you did X, Y, and Z it, you know, you changed my turbo and my AC doesn't work. And it's like, when you get those kind of customers that just have this kind of drag on you, you're like, I'm going to extend less energy for this customer Mm -hmm. than I'm going to extend for the customer that really, you know, pays their bills on times and, you know, doesn't mind. um, You know, if you're just nitpicking, well, are you sure it needs that? Didn't you already replace a part? And it's like, look, I replaced another part and it's, not even related or closely related. And that was three months ago and your truck has 500,000 miles on it. It's like things break. Those are the kind of customers where you can't just, uh, you know, exhaust yourself for that kind of customer. Cause then you're exhausted. You're not getting that return and you're just like, all right. So
2: yeah, it takes, I weeks do work to get paid yeah. from those customers. Too. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, I do work seven days a week sometimes, but I try not to go uh, out of my way to just like, extend overextend myself for customers that i'm not seeing that in return so mm-hmm. a lot of times it's like look if you don't want me to i just had a customer call me here the other day and they're like oh, i don't want any of your other text to work on i want you to work on i said well i'm going to be probably the end of the week and i still wasn't able to get to it this week so i said if you want to wait you can either wait or you can bring it to the shop and i'll look at it sometime when i have some free time but um that being said i usually try and make my if i'm you know out after dark every day of the week. Then my Saturdays and Sundays are what I try and spend with the family there. And I told my wife too when I went, uh, I got going. I'm like, look, I grew up. My dad had a small company and he worked six days a week and he was sun up to sundown. Yep. I said, my mom was the same way. She got you know, there's times she's going to get frustrated. I'm just giving you a heads up. Look, I'm putting like everything I can into the first couple of years of this because if you get it off the ground in the first couple of years, it can maintain over three to five years yeah i'm like so there's gonna be a time frame where you may never it may feel like you don't ever see me i'm not around i'm all this but i said if that's what you're willing to put up with then i'm gonna do it and like tell me whenever too much is too much but also let me do when i need to do it and uh You know, there's a there's a balance there, and sometimes it's hard because with little kids, sometimes I know you know how it is. Uh You'll you'll show up and you're like, dude, you're you grew in front of my eyes, but I wasn't here to see it. Yeah, were you like an inch shorter yesterday? Yeah, yesterday (laughs) to the day, you look bigger than the last time I saw you, and it's like I've been gone, even though I haven't been gone 24 hours. I got home when you were asleep last night, and I left before you woke up the next day, and so there's there's a, a. risk reward kind of balancing thing you got to do there and it's hard but you know it's like like you said you could take off in the middle of the day you called me the other day you went to the the um touch a truck mm-hmm. and it's like that's not something you can do if you just work for anybody no. like you get to pick and choose when that you want a lot of planning to, yeah. with a lot of yeah. customers
2: actually to pull yeah. that one off and actually ignored yeah. a couple and i got yeah. chewed out for it But
1: you say you i'll know. call you back i got something else important mm-hmm. to do right now but uh, my kids are really important <clears> yeah you know. And so, there are those times where the reward is greater than, you know, hey, yeah, I, I may work a lot and have certain things that I I miss, but there's opportunities that you can, you know, hey, I'm not going in today because, like you said, I'm going to take them to breakfast or I'm going to drop them off at school or whatever, and your, yep. your mornings are different, your evenings can be different, you can schedule things. And, I mean, it really comes down uh, to – Having kind of the say-so of what you want to do, when you want to do it. And like I said, there is a give and take with the customers. You can't just never ignore your customers all the time, but you can't just give yourself over to the customers and let them dictate every inch of what you do.
2: For us, it was a struggle because we came out and we didn't have any contacts. So when we're building that customer base, like, I mean, you always have the option to say no.
1: Right. Always. Right.
2: But was that a risk or your, gamble? Yeah, I was not was going to say, your you know, mindset yeah. is, I'm going to say like,
1: yes to everything I can say yes to. And
2: that's been one of my biggest downfalls, honestly. And I mean, in a, a good way, and that's how we've built so much so fast and built extremely strong customers. I mean, I probably do enough that I could have a couple guys work for me. That's how many hours that I work. But I have that personal interaction with all these customers. Honestly, I think I'm at the point that some of my customers would be like, no, nah, we want you you know, and it's not discounting anybody that I hire. It's just because you build that relationship. You learn your customer, you learn what their company is about. You learn your contact as an individual, you know, what you can joke about, what you can, or if they're serious or not, or, you know, you know that you can have a little bit of leadway or this or that. And, but all that dedication in the beginning, and that's something that my wife knew that it was going to take has gotten us to where we are now, you know, and, It doesn't matter. I mean, you're always one mess up away from losing everything, Mm -hmm. honestly. And that's the sad part of being a small business owner. You're always one mess up. And it's not
1: always, it it doesn't always have to be your fault. It could be somebody else's fault. And then you could get, I mean, if someone T boned your truck and you're out of truck and insurance takes time and all this other stuff, it's like you could real quick turn around and have customers. Well, I had to use somebody else and I like them and, you know, whatever. You can have a customer,
2: you can get a part from a dealer, put that part on their machine and their machine works for six, eight hours. That part takes crap. And now all of a sudden you're the bad guy because their machine's broken. It had nothing to do with me. I did everything on my part, right? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not the manufacturer, but then there you go, you know, and you have those kinds of things or, you know, you're putting in God awful amount of hours and you list miss one taillight or you missed this or that, you know, but Hey, the whole thing's run into me and it was in a million pieces when you got there, but Hey, because of this one thing you have those kind of customers, but that's the way I always look at it. And that's why I always really try to cover and work with my customers, you know, and, and really try to keep from those mess ups. I just, I mean, if you're a big company, I guess you can, you can take a few hits, but then you start getting your reputation of those hits. And that's the last thing you want is a, a reputation on that factor.
0: Yeah. Definitely. I need to take a break. Okay. I got a bear in the cave. Go ahead. I need to blow my nose. <laughs> Welcome back to the Flat Rate Tech Podcast. You can't believe
2: anything you fucking read, see, or hear anymore on the internet. At this point, you can only believe fucking podcasts. Real people talking with no motive or advertising companies telling them what to say. No censoring. That's it, dude. That's all you can fucking trust. As long as they're talking real shit. No opinions.
0: So we here at the MMNN would like to thank you for listening. (laughs) Fuck you, dude. Uh, so we're back we back were, and
1: back again. We were
0: gonna I hit record and Joe said, hold on and out." so luckily I, I stopped it. Uh, anyway, we're going to jump into a topic or two now. Uh, this podcast has been a okay in my opinion. So One of far. the,
1: the minimum decent requests that we get on, uh, the Instagram there.
0: Yeah. You, and you bastards, you know, I put this poll out there sometimes yeah like you're stupid you know it's hey I got all these new people what kind of topics do you want to hear about or blah 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 interesting and, topics you know you get 10 answers and 8 of them are smart ass answers and it right. drives me nuts like I'm really trying to do something I'm being legit here man yeah. with a real and question I, I like, totally didn't put tools in that yeah. one for you <laughs> <laughs> you know how many times I got
1: that or Milwaukee or like shut up <laughs> I did it only because I knew everybody else was going to do it. So I'm like, I'm just going to pile on here. I'm thoroughly
2: convinced that Milwaukee needs to stop making tools. So I stopped buying them. It, I, they, it's a bad deal bad, i fought bad, it for a deal. long
1: time fought it and fought it and
2: fought it <laughs> you scratch that itch now that finally
1: you? i fell into it and yeah. now the itch only gets worse oh it does
0: <laughs> oh yeah i'm always on like home depot
1: yeah. or something yep. like oh oh, I'll tell oh you oh, the they got a sale yeah. on batteries yeah. yeah. you, yeah. you yeah. can oh, get wow, a lot more 100%. on home depot than you <laughs> yeah. can on the tool truck uh, yeah just tool truck yeah it's like
2: 50% more on tool truck
1: anyways on tools that we weren't going to talk about but well do we have anything to talk about on tools Um, We were talking about earlier, I bought some links, lifting links. Oh, yeah. And uh, Robin was talking about how you used to always could spot the new guy. (laughs) Yeah, so
2: when I worked in mine support and one of our jobs was to tear down 793s and 994s and build brand new ones. So they come in a bunch of sections on trailers and obviously the parts are really big and they're, majority of the parts are too big for the service trucks to lift so we always had cranes there well all these parts and pieces came from cat with all the lifting links or what we call them bitch links and everything and you could always tell a new guy because they would be scrounging around on the ground picking all these lifting links up and clevises and all that stuff well no other guys did it because their trucks are already leaning heavier on the crane side already from all them packed away in the side there (laughs) so it was always funny to watch that yeah but. I've had the same
0: ones for years. They Do they have a expiration or anything?
2: I, I mean, think now they have to have that like load tag on them. Because right I see right? yeah. like yeah. My, I my cat ones that. still
0: have the load tags on them. I just
2: didn't know if, like, you know, straps after a certain time you have to well, get it, rid of them. I know at one point in time they were allowing laser etching on them. And with the load capacity and all that other stuff for certification and then something came out where you had a little cable tags on them and then obviously cable tags get stuck mm-hmm. on everything ripped off bent up scratched and then there you go you gotta go buy another $500 worth of lifting links <laughs> to replace it all if you want to be compliant on a job site even though yours were perfectly good in the first place. But. Yeah.
0: And I have a really hard time throwing stuff like that away. Oh, absolutely! Oh, we got new ones. That's a bad addiction, right there. Just put them in the garage, you know. Yep.
2: (laughs) That that's a bad addiction for all technicians. Talk about throwing things away. When you do a job and you order parts, or you know, you got to replace parts, you are like, I'm not boltsing. brand new. I'll either keep the brand new one or, Hey, I'll keep that one and put it in my, my ass drawer. I mean, every field truck's got an ass drawer. Mm-hmm. There's no lie about that. You have that drawer that has the most randomest stuff in there that usually gets stuck because it's so freaking packed and yep. you got to shake the truck to get it open, <laughs> you know, but it's a horrible addiction. Then you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to clean all this out. And you throw it in a bucket. Well, where's that bucket end up? In your garage. Yep. 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 And then you build the drawer again. <laughs> And then another bucket ends up in the garage. And pretty soon, you, before you know it, you're like, man, this is this is getting bad. I, <laughs> I
1: fight myself on that. But my dad used to just hang on to all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. And so I grew up in a garage that you couldn't find anything. You everything could find a part was, for yeah, Model A in there. <laughs> everything was piled on top of each other. And you're like, dad, why do you have this? Like, I don't even know what this goes to. So and, that's uh, why you found comfort in the no, garage. No, Well, I'll tell you <laughs> what, I, what I ended up doing is I get – the uh i just i'm like i'm never gonna use this it's gonna sit here for way too long i'm just gonna throw it away like keep it you know get it out of here yeah do that next week you'll need it sometimes sometimes (laughs) i do sometimes i'm like oh and then you know 90 percent of it's like i have lost no sleep over not having this in my garage right and if i ever need it i'm gonna go to the hardware store and spend five dollars and have it you know when i need it on my convenience
2: but that's been one of the baddest habits i've had to break myself like hey, there's a hardware store around the corner. I'll just go buy a box of brand new three-quarter bolts. Stop trying to keep all these ones that are all gnarled up.
1: Yeah, Uh, I'll throw stuff away in a heartbeat uh, just so I don't have to worry or climb over it mm -hmm. or it'll pile up so fast. And then you're just like, I got a shop full of junk and I may use it one day, but (laughs) the the guy who was in this place before, he would have like essentially a a completely torn down engine just stacked on a pallet and it's like covered in dust. You're like, how long has that been there? And, you know, were you just saving it for one day you might use it or what? But they put a scrap metal dumpster in here and they got rid of a lot of stuff. But I'll still find like uh, wrist pins in the in the – driveway gravel I'll find like <laughs> just random stuff uh, you know
2: it shows its face after a rain and yeah. someone drives through it <laughs> so I'm out
1: there constantly cleaning up the driveway because there's always stuff in there but this dude just tore down stuff and it where it landed is where it stayed yeah. but I try and avoid that I, I wouldn't consider myself like a, a neat freak by any means but I would throw stuff away before I hang on to it almost any day of the week
0: yeah I, I have a really bad habit with tools like I have an old uh, what's the blue? Oh, Cornwell. Mm-hmm. I have a three quarter inch gun I bought years ago and it's the trigger like gets stuck on it. So I'm like, oh, I'll just buy a new one sitting on a shelf in my garage because I'm like, I could probably get parts for that. Fix it. I need it to just throw
2: it away, but yeah. I can't. Oh, I got a broken needle scaler that's been bouncing around in the drawer of that truck for about a year now. And I'm like, I really need to get that out of there and buy a new one and put it in there. Because so I'm like, oh, I go do this job. And I'm like, oh, yeah, needle scaler's
0: broken. I just get cheap ones, stuff like that. You just buy Oh, yeah, Harbor needle scaler, yeah, Harbor Freight. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, anyway, uh, so we had a topic. I already forgot what it was.
1: It was uh, about the service information.
0: Best places to get info on repairs or equipment.
1: The dealerships are the only place you can find any sort of service literature. Nowhere else can you find anything at all. Well, I think it's yeah. more of like... I'm a, just kidding.
0: Of a, like, like, let's just go with John Deere, Hitachi. You know, you go into the service mode and pull a code. It just gives you a number. Right. Like, well, where do we find this number? I don't have access to service advisor or whatever. How do we... How does somebody find that without having to call? Hey, Joe, you have service advisor, I think. What's this code stand for? And then you got to wait for, make sure Joe has time to look on service advisor. Yeah. And like, I actually like you enough to look something. it up for yeah. you. Yeah. So how, yeah. how does somebody find that? Cause
1: I don't know. So it's a, there's a kind of give and take to it, but you, the longer you do it, especially, you know, when I left a dealership, I kind of had that, uh, almost built into my head that like, if you didn't work for a dealership, you this stuff was like impossible to get a hold of right and uh are you gonna pay top dollar for it yeah well yeah you got to go buy the subscription that's four thousand dollars or whatever for a year and yeah yeah for a year i'm not saying that i condone uh a lot of the stuff on there but i'll just say it this way (laughs) you can find almost anything you want from some dude on facebook who's going to send you a hard drive or hit sometimes it's just he's going to download it directly on your hard drive and you'll have every service manual and operator's manual and everything that you could ever imagine. Somebody has it on a PDF somewhere. Um, But the, uh, yeah, the further you get away from working at a dealership, the easier or the more you realize, Hey, like it's not impossible. You can do a lot of stuff. You can pull, you know, somebody has got a software that has the latest calibration for whatever you need. And it's just like, you know, you can get a hold of it if you have to.
0: I've I've ran into, like, my boy Skeeter. Like, I'll have a cat question, and I'm like, I think I posted on Instagram, like, one time, like, hey, I need help with this because I'm not a cat guy whatsoever. I'm still learning. And instead of hitting him up directly because I know he's a busy guy, I posted yes. this thing on Instagram, like, hey, any cat guys can help me? And he texts me, what the fuck? Yeah, you didn't <laughs> ask me first. No. <laughs> yeah, oh, why did you call me? Yeah. So now it's like, <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll send him a text, like, hey, you busy? Uh, you know, and he's like, nah, don't don't, don't get in trouble, Skeeter. I'm sorry I put your name out there.
2: Well, there's multiple ways to do it. I mean, there's, there's you know, friends, there's acquaintances, there's other businesses that, you know, you make friends with, and there's, computers that you can buy and software programs sometimes that's not all your answer you think it will you sink all your money into it and then all of a sudden you get it there and you're like oh wow the machines at 2020 and the software ends at 2018 great you know and so <laughs> I was
1: gonna say that's what's almost bad about like the snap-on or those kind of scanners like the exodus and you stuff can like go that. buy something and spend 20 I mean I've seen them it range from like on the low side eight or nine thousand to the high side of like 17 18 nineteen thousand And there's kits that come with everything you need, and it's like, and then you happen to get that one weird one that falls in between what they cover or whatever, and it's just like, so I have a a useless brick here. Yep. But, um, you know, there's ways uh, that you can get a hold of it, and I, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, um, I mean, there's aftermarket solutions like... Uh, J pro is good for trucks. I mean, you can hook up to just about anything and you can even hook up to some equipment with it, but, um, you still need things like the Catcom three, or you still need things like the, uh, what's the John Deere EDL, EDL. Yeah. The two or three. And, uh, you realize that you'll spend a lot of money regardless of which way you go.
2: Oh, attachments get expensive.
1: Yeah. It's like, Hey, I need, and I just, I mean, the other day I had a Nexic that crapped out on me that's another $800. I got to go buy another one to replace it. But, um, you know, a CatCom costs this much, the, everything just costs money. Then you have the next, well, I need the one that, uh, the adapter, the dongle that connects to a Komatsu mm-hmm. and that's 130 bucks. And then, hey, well, I need a six pin to nine pin adapter. And then you need, it's just, there's, you can almost never run out of buying stuff. No. And, uh, it also depends on what you work on and what you don't work on. So oh. there's times I just got a call the other day. Hey, do you want to work on some Volvo excavators? I said, I don't really want to. I said, I, I apologize, man. I said, I'm just not your guy to, to go to on that one. But, um, well, what about like the time you were helping at my shop the other day?
0: And then you end up having to come back the next day, but we were sitting there bullshitting at the end of the day, like, oh, I got to get new tires for
1: my truck. And then
0: (laughs) the next day, literally,
1: you lose a cap. I was like, I was probably less than five miles down the road from your place. And I was uh, pretty grateful on that one. I got off the freeway and I'm just on the street headed to you and I just hear a massive blowout and then it's just sitting there flipping on my truck that happened on one of my service tracks and i'm like i I said i'm gonna just pull into colton's yard i got a tire guy that i'm out of spare because i blew out my spare and uh yeah you kind of that that's one of those things where uh you got to take care of your stuff in order to take care of everybody else you know that brings
2: up a really good point actually to talk about on this, when you're a business owner and you have your own trucks and maybe you're the business owner that's in that truck, you know, running with your guys or your solo or you're the business owner sitting in the office and running guys, you know, every day we go out and we fix everybody else's stuff. You know, we take items that sometimes it should never even be repaired. We fix them. We get them back on the road. We make them roadworthy. We make them safe for our families, their families, other families going down the road. And anything and we put in massive amounts of hours doing that but what do we do for our own trucks our own trucks we run and run and run massive amounts of idle time on them massive amounts of drive time on them you know and you wear the living crap out of your trucks like i'm i'm not gonna lie my truck needs love i already know it needs love and everything. And do I have to get some specific tooling to give it that love? Yes. Is that money that I want to dump into right at the moment? No. I just keep doing this or that, you know. But it's all right. And or is it, do I have that time to actually down that truck right at the moment? You know, because as soon as never fails. No calls, you'll have a good weekend or anything like that. Soon as you get the idea to even down your truck, <laughs> man, that phone starts blowing up. You're like, well, I guess that isn't happening. But our trucks are always the last to get love. And without our trucks, we can't provide that service. And so that's something always when you're, you know, a business owner of any manner that has a fleet, you know, in our industry, that's always something to remember that's important. You know, if you have multiple trucks and you can down one for, hey, a day or a couple days, let's go through and let's take care of all this stuff because I know, hey, the differential is dripping or, hey, I know that I have an electrical issue. Let's get it fixed. But all that stuff – you don't do it adds up and pretty soon you're down pretty hard and now uh, you lost a week of work trying to get it all up in a massive amount of money at one time spent on it to to get it going instead of maintenance all the way through
1: so maintenance is key on a lot of things yes yeah.
0: beyond yeah i no comment because i i mean even working for a company like i do like my truck just broke recently and having to drive around in the shop truck and try to fix stuff <laughs> the beater like, oh. I I was lost, man. I was like, at least you had your Milwaukee pack out. Yeah. Did you have your five-gallon bucket of tools, too? I had a, a Milwaukee bag with my Milwaukee's <laughs> and a oh, couple <laughs> sockets, and I made do, but sc- it was the, a yeah, struggle. Yeah, watch out. The screwdrivers poke through those bags. <laughs> <laughs> well, I Because I was in the shop kind of working on a water truck, and our welder's like, oh, yeah, I need to do this. I'm like, oh, I got one on my truck. Never yeah, that's mind. Right. I, I did like, my like five <laughs> times.
2: I got one of my truck. Well, or you start walking um, back and you're like, oh, that's right. I don't have yeah. my truck. Uh, it's terrible. But yeah. No, maintenance is a, a huge factor, you know, just for our customers. But more importantly, I look at it, maintenance on our side is even more important. You mm-hmm. know, because one, I mean, you want a nice truck going out to the job site, a truck that's capable, right? Going in front of the customer, showing that, hey, you have that. Next thing is you want to show that ca- customer that you're capable of doing those jobs. But, you know, you don't want. A hodgepodge of a truck that's leaking oil everywhere. It's got mixed match size tires on it, or this or that, and you know, and you roll up to a customer that's, you know, a five hundred million dollar year customer, a billion dollar a year customer, and he's looking at your stuff, and you're like, you're here to maintain my fleet, like, oh, boy, this is gonna be fun. You take care of your truck, and
1: and you're supposed to take care of mine now. And I'm
2: not knocking. Maybe that technician is really a badass technician, and he can handle his stuff. You know. But it goes for all trades and all industries. You know, my dad was a carpenter, right? Built gorgeous, multi-million dollar homes, you know, and then he ended up a lumber estimator and all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, I grew up in a mobile home. We had a huge mountain of wood to build this massive house. Beautiful home, right? Did you ever do it? Nope. It's whatever you're comfortable with, though, I guess. I don't know. Well, a lot of guys, you know, last thing you want to do, you work. Twelve hours, fourteen yeah. hours at the, end of the day. You want to pull your truck into the shop and sit there and work on it for another four hours to go out the next day. You know, you ignore it and you ignore it until it goes. Hey, you ain't ignoring me no more.
0: Well, yeah, that's like I was pointing at my motorcycle here. Yeah. It's two different colors because yeah. i just too lazy to do the rest of it. Anyway, uh, I guess from an owner's perspective, we kind of talked about this off the record button. Uh, hiring people, interviewing people. Interviewees' attitudes,
2: and that's a it can be a difficult one. There is there's a couple differences in that. You know, hiring is one aspect, but having to let go of a guy too is a whole another aspect. And I mean, hiring is always easier than letting go of, but when it comes to hiring an inter- individual man, you have such a variety of people out there. You have the people that will hand you the resume and you're like, yeah, who made this for you? There's no way you've done all this, <laughs> you know? And I mean, yeah, you're, you're pretty much telling me that you can build the NASA space shuttle, you know, and send it to into space and come back with no problems, you know, and you're wanting, you know, 18 bucks an hour, I don't think so. You know, anybody that has that massive amount of capability or that experience behind their belt should know their value. You know, and some individuals, they don't. I was one of those individuals when I started in this industry. I didn't know my value. Is that wasn't until um, shop manager actually sat me down. So they were no, we're gonna pay you this because I was only asking for a certain amount. And he's like, look at me. He's like, why ask for He goes, no, oh, this is like our conversations. You know, and they ask you questions like, hey, when a, when an engine's blowing black smoke, what could that mean? You know, or hey, an engine's misfiring. You know, and so you answer these questions and stuff, and uh, know your value going in because knowing your value will actually give you confidence, you know, and don't, don't, don't be overly confident. Don't be cocky, you know, all that other stuff, be proper, look person in the eyes, listen, don't interrupt them all the time or anything. And yeah, as owners. And for me, I have a lot of years of experience in my belt. I run into a lot of different things and I'll ask those questions specifically, you know, especially if that person says they have that, you know, that experience on the resume, I'll give them a real life scenario of when down, you know, see what their answers are and stuff like that. See what their manners are. See if they're a person I can put in front of a customer, you know, and not, I'm, you know, God teaches not to judge. And I try not to judge by looks or what they drive or whatever, but also I want to make sure they take care of my stuff. I want to make sure they take care of that truck, that they're proper in front of that customer, you know, because at the end of the day, that is you're rolling billboard down the side of the road Joe. I mean, yeah. your billboard's bigger than mine. I got a little one on my door, you know, sort of jealous of thing. I have to go to the sign <laughs> shop over here and redo mine, but you know, that is your billboard going down. That is your, everything that you built, your blood, your sweat, your dreams, everything on that to put out there and to put an individual in there. That's capable of going in front of that customer capable of, of fixing and knack things on the service truck, which all service trucks, you go down the wrong bumpy road and you know, it can a nightmare for you and stuff like that especially if it's like a mac or something (laughs) you know it just it's a hard one because everybody's personality is different you have the people that are very humble about their sense you have the people that are very over cocky about their sense you have the people that just that don't have proper manners or you have people they might be an amazing mechanic, but their English isn't the greatest, uh-huh. you know. And so you're trying to do an interview. I've been in that. I've where the the language barrier, you know, was a struggle, but we made it through it. But, man, you know, that guy's good, you know, really good at what he does. So what I do is I go down and I'll read their resume first, you know, and, and go through it and all their years of experience. What I take note of is how long they've been at places yep. how many of those places have yep. been me you know what a lot of people turned me down and looked at me weird because i think until the last years of working for everybody i think i've spent like, like a year or two years max at everywhere yeah but i always left for a better opportunity and i never burnt that bridge i never burnt that bridge every one of my previous employers said they would rehire
1: oh i was just pointing at you i was going to touch on that topic uh, like you said, if you're leaving every year or six you know 18 months or whatever your time frame on your on your resume is, if you can say you can call this employer and talk to them and you know talk to this supervisor and this is why I left and I left for a better opportunity. Yeah. that means a lot more than somebody that stays somewhere for 10 10 years. It looks like you're on the yeah. run. Well, straight out, it, it looks one way, but also at the yeah. same time, if you can have on your side, as yeah, that a justification, employee, that yeah, verification. And say, Look, this place offered me more money, and I didn't really want to leave, but the other place didn't want to, you know, match or compensate or whatever, or. You know, have reasons for why you leave. And also, if you don't burn the bridge when you leave, you give them a proper two weeks notice. The boss still likes you or the manager or whoever. It's like that is, that'll go just as far as showing that you worked at one place for
2: multiple years. I've never been fired from any of my previous employments. I've always left for a better opportunity, whether that was to learn a different skill set. Like, hey, you know, like I really want to learn like doing this, you know, because that's more tools in your bank. That's more capabilities that you have. But when I look at it, I'll look at a resume and, okay, hey, we got a year gap, a year gap, you know, and I mean, obviously everybody's story is different, you know, hey, what's your reason for leaving? Oh, I didn't get along with management. You know, F those. Okay, yeah, don't well, say that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You say, yeah, don't, don't say yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. You can say you disagreed yeah. with management. And then you go down to the next one. And it's the same story. It's like, yeah. well, if someone okay. doesn't, lose the problem? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say,
1: if someone doesn't agree with every manager they've ever had, maybe it's not the
2: manager. Yeah. Well, you yeah, have that <laughs> common denominator in that equation, you know, and it all goes back to that one person. Well, I was
0: going to say like my baby mama, her relationships always end poorly. It's like, well, have you looked in the mirror? Cause it's always everybody else's fault. Come on. So maybe it's not the guy you you work for. Yeah, I had one
2: guy when I was a service manager up in North Dakota and uh, it was my job to hire my mechanics. That's the bottom line. If I said yay or nay, the company would give them to me. And I had one guy and I seen that he had a really strong skill set, like really strong, especially through conversation. He answered all the questions. He went into depth even more than what I was expecting. I was like, Oh wow. But he had a lot of that job hop, you know, job hop, job hop. And you just tell it like, he wasn't happy. Like he was searching, And you have technicians like that. They're searching for a home, you know, and you get those technicians, they find their home. They're a 30 year employee. They're a 20 year employee. You're just like, wow. And you move shops, they move with you. You move trucks, they move with you. You change your industry, they change with you just because they like that. But I had a conversation during that interview with that person. And it was a pretty deep personal conversation on both sides. And I ended up hiring them. And that guy stuck with me and still calls me to this day and still wants to go to work. You know, whatever I'm doing. He's like, hey, you got your own thing going, and goes, You got a job, you know, just because he valued mm-hmm. that <laughs> the <and> flies. <laughs> <laughs> he valued whatever we talked about, he took it to heart in that manner, like, wow, you know, mm-hmm. and there's those kind of things. You know, I want I want a, a guy to be clean. I want him to be proper. I want I don't want a, a messmaker just throwing stuff everywhere. You know, I I want a hard worker that's dedicated, but I also want a person that's dedicated to their family. I'm a big family man. You know, family to me is always first. I got kids. I have a wife. Really important. I grew up, broken home, didn't have one of my parents there, you know, missed out on all those years. I missed out on a lot of years with my oldest kids and everything like that. And I realized in my later years how important that is. doesn't mean that I want you calling in every day and not showing up for work, but, you know. So those are the things when it comes to having to let a guy go and you get to know that guy, that's the one thing that I dread. That is the worst because you know, I know that flies like (laughs) loving me over here. You know, that that's worse because over the time you got to know him. You went through, hey, you had a kid, well, he worked for you, you know, you've met his girlfriend, which turned into his fiance, which turned into his wife. And the guy just got complacent. And like, you've given him every warning in the world, like, dude, come on, like personal conversations, like, hey, man, like, I need you to step it up. I need you to do better, you know, or hey, like, you can't be doing this in front of the customers, you know, like give him fair warnings. And it just still doesn't go still. and then it gets to that point, it's like, oh, man, I got to fire him. This is like, that's, I got to let him go. And, you know, and that's going to hurt because he was a guy that had skill in everything, but he just couldn't straighten up the other mm-hmm. aspect. You know, when you come to work, you come to work. Bottom line. I never really had friends in employments. When I would go to work there, I'd work acquaintances. You know, I never tried to hang out with the guys after work or anything like that. But when I went to shops in early on, I always pretty much sought out the old guys in the shop and go work with them and I'd listen to them. And because that's how I grew up, you know, and like I, I went through old school manners where, man, those, those old timers can be pretty darn crude on you, you know, and, and, and treat you like nothing, you know, but today's new age that comes through, I mean, man, they almost want like 40 bucks to sweep the floor. It's like. Not happening. Yeah. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. so do you, uh, I have a, a real question just sitting here listening to you. Are you a therapist? A therapist? <laughs> no. You you be a blue collar yeah. therapist? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cuz i mean like you just this is such a great i don't even want to talk cuz i like <laughs> in, i enjoy listening to you, what you have to say about this whole thing just i'm a personal i guess i guess i well, can, you've seen a lot in a short amount of time oh yeah oh yeah and uh i think it's i think
2: it's great and your insight on a lot of things is what a lot of people want to hear <sighs> it's I've had to step back from things a lot of times and I've had to learn a lot of things. You can't always take what everybody else has to say something about value. You need to make your own determinations. Mm -hmm. You need to make your own thoughts, your own decisions about things. Yeah, you can take into account what those people say, but don't let that be your final word. Yeah. You know, when it comes to employment, if people have a problem with them and anything like that, you can listen to it, but watch it. You know, don't just knee jerk reaction. Don't be one of those sheep in the crowd. And that's the biggest thing in the world that I can share with anybody in any manners. Don't be that sheep, man. Step out, step out. It's okay. If you're by yourself or if your circle's small, it is all right because you will have the support from that small circle because there's other people that stepped out, Mm -hmm. that get it, that understand it. But I cannot stand that collective mentality when it comes to everything. You know, it's like that mob mentality, you know, and it's a, even mob mentality when it comes to hiring people, you know, or people.
0: Am I tripping? Oh, okay.
2: I kept hearing it clicking not, it's, in the It's back not way. me. It's not me. <laughs> you know, I, I've had people tell me, hey, no, straight up, don't hire that person. You know, don't, don't, I don't, I don't want to work with them. That's fine. You don't have to work with them. I'm putting trust in them. That decision at the end of the day is me. I'm the one that hired them, not you.
1: Oh, you know what? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say on the, when you were talking about not just being somebody who's following along with every, everything else usually when it's easy to set yourself apart, you're not really gaining that much. No. But the harder it becomes to oh, step yeah. out, the oh, more yeah. the more risk you take, the higher your reward. So you, you, when you step away from it, it's like, you know, it's easy to go along with everyone, go along to get along, and then... There's sometimes where it's easy to set yourself apart yeah. and then there's other times where it's very hard to set yourself apart and those are the times when you do it it's like then you see that
2: well you got to be creative but the the thing what was i going to say that you got to be creative about that when you step out you know i mean there's a lot of us in this industry there's a lot whether people realize it or not and there's there's a lot of mechanics and there's a lot of parts changers in this industry. And there's a big gap between the two and the old school guys that used to do the troubleshooting and the actual fixing, man, they're retired out there on their porches. They're unfortunately in their graves. You know, there's plenty of old timers of my friends that have passed away that they've forgotten more than I'll ever know. it's just how it is on old stuff. I grew up in there where it was, I learned old school and new school. I lucked out of it. I know electronics and I know, you know, pre-emission stuff by far so circling back to that far as stepping out i'm gonna tell you if there's something in front of you and it scares the living shit out of you to do it makes you nervous as all hell. Huh? do it because that is when you're gonna grow the most and you're gonna jump out there take that risk because if you never take that risk you will always go man I wonder what it would have been like. Why do you keep looking at me? Yeah, no, I just, because you're straight across this. from yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're saying, you know, you want to you get out there. Maybe. You never know. Yeah, You never know. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> you've
1: said it on past episodes. Yes. You've thought about it.
2: I have. Yeah. You know, we all think about those things at times. You know, we all have daydream fantasies. Hey, we want to move there. You know, we want to build this kind of house. We want to have this kind of car. You know, maybe some of us like me. I grew up a wrecking yard tow company, family business. I've worked for huge corporations. I've worked for small mom and pops. I think the thing that agreed with me the most is owning my own business. Mm-hmm. You know, allowed me to to step everything out there. But when those things, like I said, they scare the living shit out of you, is you take that jump and that's when you'll grow the most. That's when you'll stand out the most from everybody. But that's also when you'll be the most protective of what you're trying to build and grow. We've all been in that boat. I know you're in that boat, Joe.
1: I was going to say um, one thing that I, I don't know if I'm envious, but I'd say uh, one thing that it looks like you got to experience both sides of is also on the management side. See, I was always, I've been a mechanic, and I've always been a mechanic. And I've had, you know, like I said, I grew up in a family. My dad owned a small business. Uh, my sister started a small business. My brother started a small business. And I was kind of like another one of the – the yeah, family where yeah. it's like well when are you going to do it when are you going to yeah, do it when your are you parents are looking it? at like, yeah it's you know not that yeah. there was like a lot of pressure or anything but it was just kind of always in the back of my mind and so I worked with being intentional even though I'm just a mechanic I'm going to take note of how this guy treats or you know the relationships between you know you and the supplier just different kind of things that yeah. a, another mechanic may not pay attention to but being uh, running your own thing and and uh being kind of the uh, be all end all it changes you especially for someone who's never had the opportunity to actually be the one hiring and firing doing you know the kind of service manager role or whatever it may be uh i've had to learn a lot of those things along the way on my not on my own time but on my own uh, uh, you know i don't have a an employee handbook that somebody handed me and said, here, this is how you do it. Oh, Those are the greatest things ever. I love that. It's like the military,
2: they have a a book for everything, including how to read a book. Yeah, (laughs) You know, I I mean, it's straight out the truth On, on this journey. You know, I've, I've turned wrenches for a lot of years. I've done a lot of different things and working for some of the big dealer corporates, like because of how my field service was run and the customers that I had, the customers really liked me and they requested me only out there. Well, you know what? You can only work the landfill so long. <laughs> I mean, I, I was in charge of two landfills. Mm. I was a mechanic for two landfills and I was in charge of all their mechanics. And, uh, man, <laughs> some of the things that come out of those belly pans and mm-hmm. summertime, I think the worst, I wouldn't say summer is after it rains because- this we, California? Yeah, we okay. had, we had mulch pot, we had mulching there too, and- after it rained, the mulch would stink worse than the trash. But yeah. there's there's nothing like dropping belly pants, you know, and getting oh, rained on oh, by maggots to, and, all you know. The, all the uh, <clears throat> landfills here in the Metroplex. I've mm-hmm. been to
0: every single one of them. And on episode two with my buddy Trent, he talked about getting
2: hit in the head by a used tampon. You yep. know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. I mean, rotten milk jugs, baby. Yeah. I'm like, oh, hey, there, there's there's my son's diaper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I got to the point where I was tired. I was tired. I was like, man, you know. Maybe I don't want to do wrench anymore. Maybe I want to try to pursue something else, you know, Mm -hmm. and I've, I've become field leads. I've been shop lead. I've been service manager. I've been field service manager. Um, I've been fleet managers. I've been a store manager. And it's all things that I thought that I want to do. Like, okay, give me a break. My body's tired. You know, I mean, this, that's one thing about this industry that it will wear your body out. About three years ago, I had a tire try to fall over me, blew two discs in my back done. And uh, my wife's like, yeah, you're done. And I'm like, nope, truck's mm-hmm. not retiring me. I'm retiring the truck. Okay. took me nine months, solid work to get back to doing what I do. I wake up every morning. I feel that, mm-hmm. but I thought that was a route I wanted to go. really was. I'm like, oh, management, I'll run the guys, you know, I have enough experience and all this stuff. And I want to do this and back out of a truck and slow down. And it's no matter every time I've ever taken a management yeah. thing, I've always had coveralls in my truck. Always get pulled back into this and <laughs> the you know,
1: wrenching uh, gets a hold of you and it does <laughs> you it, can't it does. get free of its grip. No well, it's
2: got more arms than an yeah. octopus and it just don't let go. <laughs> but, but how much of it is like
0: you're trying to help out a technician that's working for you and you finally go I'll just come out there and, and figure it out and
2: sometimes that's that's quite often in I would say more it's more often today than it was 10, 15 years ago. And the reason I say that is because of that generational gap in technicians. You have the new guys coming in, which are great on computers, straight out. They play video games and do all this stuff, you know, they're great at software, everything. But when it comes to actual aspect of, you know, doing injectors in a 3116 cat, you know, or a 3126 and having to use special rack tools and all this sort of stuff, just throw it out the one and just go out there yourself. Because they they don't understand the operations behind it, or they don't have that experience, you know, to, Hey, you know, this is a little bit more route It should be, Oh, my feeler, you know, my dial indicator says it's good. And it's not, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, sometimes cat spec is wrong. <laughs> sometimes it's horribly wrong, but I realized that that wasn't the way to go and go back to turning wrenches. I'm like, man, I'm putting all these hours and I'm good at math. I'm really good at math. And so I'm at the dealership and I'm looking at how many trucks we have out every day. And I know our service rate every day and all that other stuff. And so I was having a conversation with my service manager one day and he was complaining about money. I'm like, okay, so this many trucks. And I just verbally set it out. And he's like, dude, you're $200,000 off for the year. You know, and we're into millions of dollars. We're talking about revenue. Here I'm making this money for everybody else. And I have my own customer base. So where I'm originally from, it's very strong independent company competition out there. You're boxed in. You have the US-Mexico border, you have the ocean, then you have Riverside County line, and then you have Cleveland National Forest. So San Diego doesn't really have a chance of growing more. you know. So not like in an area of, in Arizona or here where it's just massive amounts just keep growing out. So that allows more technicians, more independence, more companies, all that other stuff. Well, you have a handful of independents there in that area. And they have those customers because there's only so many big dirt work customers or only so many trucking customers. But then the closer you get down by the U.S.-Mexico border, man, service rates are dirt cheap because everybody's got a pickup truck with a compressor in the back of their truck and they can fix it. And they go through four or five of those guys until they call you and they complain about your rate, but you finally fixed it right. So coming out here, yeah, great opportunity, great opportunity to build your own thing.
0: If you're listening to this, don't come out here. Yeah, don't. Uh, all these Californians, froze. man. <laughs>
2: yeah, go to go to Utah. I heard yeah. the governor of Utah really wants more Californians there. Yeah. <laughs> go to the other Texas above us. <laughs> go go to the, the New Mexico. <laughs> the <laughs> new the, yeah. <laughs> For the longest time, my son thought he had to have a passport to go to New Mexico <laughs> because it was New Mexico. But Jeez. yeah, it's just it, it's a, a tough gig because no matter what, whenever you hire an individual, you're always rolling dice. And, okay, if you're a family-owned business like Joe or myself, right, and you're you're decently sized, you're not tiny, you're not huge, you've got customers and everything like that, it's more of a dice roll for us than it is for working for a dealership hiring a guy. Because a dealership can take a hit like Mm -hmm. that. All it takes is sending one guy out to one of my big customers, and man, if he backs a truck into a truck, or if he tells the truck boss something the truck boss didn't want to hear for the day, I mean, you're rolling the dice whether you're still going to have that customer or not. Yeah. You know, and most guys are pretty forgiving, thank God. But I have some of those customers that, like I was saying earlier, it just—it's that you're one mess up away from losing the customer. I'm not saying that you mess up, but there's always that line there, and you yeah. always got to watch yourself because you never want to get that reputation going. So when it comes to hiring guys, yeah, I, I like hiring guys. I like help and everything. I also will, how do I say this? I will also never ask my guy to do a job that I won't do. And don't matter. Yep. Straight up. And then if I'm that kind of person, none of my guys ever have an excuse to go do those jobs. I mean, they can, they can complain about it. I complain about it. I don't like working in the landfills just as much as anybody else. I mean, there's guys. I met technicians 30 years. Dudes at the landfill. Oh, I love it. I'm like, dude, you're a different breed, my man. I'm not going (laughs) to lie.
0: There was one time where I was kind of a resident for a landfill for like a week and a half, two weeks, just kind of working for them. And actually enjoyed it. It was fun. Like, I liked being there. Yeah. And I was away from the trash and yeah. stuff, but it wasn't bad, but I wouldn't do it again.
2: Well, we had different aspects, you know, at our landfills out there, different tiers. We had the the pit in which there's no cell phone service down there. In summertime, it's at least 30 degrees hotter down there in the bottom of the pit <laughs> with no breeze, you know. And that was that was one that was more inland, and I was resident for both of them. And then the other one was down by the ocean. So no matter what, 10, 11 o'clock during the day, I, you know, I'd be grateful to work at that landfill because I'd get that ocean breeze coming across during the summertime, and it'd be nice and cool. But that landfill also pumped sludge. And not everybody knows what sludge is. But <laughs> out there, and the septic companies, waste companies, and everything like that, obviously, they clean out all the residences and commercial buildings and everything like that. Well, they put it two ways. They either put it through a water treatment facility and turn it to gray water with the helicopter going across. They turn into to gray water, which is supposed to be like 99% clean. Well, the water portion of that, great. Well, everything that's left after the water portion, the sludge, gets pumped into the landfill. Mm. Yeah. So, supposedly, you have this 99% clean sludge. I don't care.
1: Does it smell <laughs>
2: no. 99% no. clean? No. <laughs> no, I got to the point where I would tell a customer, like, you want me to work on that? You will have your pressure washer crew come out and pressure wash it. I am not crawling around in that. I mean, in I've seen whole D9s sink up to the cab in the middle of the landfill. And they hit a sludge pond, mm. and you know they're pushing trash, and you can't see it. But all of a sudden, the dozers like boop, gone, and now everybody's got to go tromping around over there, hook cables to it, and <laughs> trying to pull this thing out of it. And I'm like, I'm not part of that. Nope. Mm. They're Amen. like, Well, you're resident. I'm like, Yeah. And your other dozers, down I work. Over here. I'm going to fix machine. that. Yeah. I work on it, not yeah. tow it. You know. So, I mean, I've been in all aspects of it, and uh, it's a it's a hard position to be, but it's also a good position to be. You know, especially when you. Own your own business and you're growing, and you get to hire people, you know, and you know you something's going right in your business. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, we're continuing to be busy, you know. And and when you're small and and I would say never forget this, never forget your guys, man. Your guys are what builds you, you know. You take care of your guys, they'll take care of your company. Hopefully, the least most. You take care of your guys, they'll take care of you and your company. You know, mm-hmm. when you're going out to do a job, I mean, I've had guys go, no, dude, I'll go do that, I'm like dude, that's no problem. You don't know, go do this. I'll give him an easy job. I'll go do the hard one, you know? And I, I'm about that. I'll, I'll take hard job most of the time and I'll give my guys easy jobs. And uh, that's what I, I do now. And my guy that I have now, you know, he's out of me. He wants to go do that hard job. And it's like, he's take care of him, you know? You treat him as a family. But I also try to keep that line, you know? Like I have my family family and then, you know, you have your technician family, you know, which is, which is good. But I don't ever want it to cross and cause problems. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm hungry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Pretty good episode. It looks like we've got some time yeah, there. Yeah,
0: this is freaking amazing. I'm, I'm going to keep your number like, hey, man, I'm having some trouble.
1: <laughs> Perfectly fine. Um, I was <laughs> <laughs> The um, It's always good to have contacts. Uh, did you have one more, uh, what were we going to talk about, one more topic? Or am I... I honestly no, think that, that was, was, the was the only no one topic. that we picked out, was it?
2: Oh, I thought there was one more beyond that. Was it?
1: No, it was service reports, right? So. Uh, we've kind of talked about a little bit of everything, but yeah, we'll hold on yeah. to the
0: because I've, I've talked. We've talked about write ups and stuff before. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Right on. Next episode. There you go, gonna... bud. So, uh, first of all, I think we should close this out. You think? Yeah. Um,
1: well, I was going to was... say one quick shout out. Go ahead. Uh, that thing I mentioned to you the other day. A uh, Certified Wrench Christmas oh, Party.
2: I, was, I, was, I wasn't going to say nothing no. about it yet.
1: Well, spring put it in your right
2: brain. What, what about a service truck show here? need to do something so like that. Well, there's a few well that's what
1: we talked about. Uh, our idea and kind of what we've talked about is after New Year's, after the holidays and everything, probably either before spring or right toward uh, – you know, into I, spring. I would like to keep it to where yeah.
0: it's kind of cool out. Still yeah. not fucking deathly hot. Right. So. Well, Texas, that
1: could be, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> N- six six degrees. Change. yeah, <laughs> but, um, that's kind of the rough idea we have is, uh, somewhere local to us, DFW and sometime around early spring, uh, some sort of service truck meetup or, uh, a brotherhood party. Meetup. yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But, um, the, the other thing was, a. uh, uh certified orange christmas party yeah that's yeah. that's But that may just be a invite only there yeah so well, if you I, didn't get invited be offended <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> i talked to a wife about it yeah. and she's like hell yeah let's do it but we just gotta we gotta think because what less than a month away yeah dude this year's oh. flown by Crazy. oh
2: it, i blink and it's friday i blink again and it's the next friday i'm like yeah. wait a minute wasn't, wasn't there the a saturday over. yeah wasn't there a saturday the and bills sunday do all over oh. again <laughs> I'm so. like, didn't I just pay that? I yeah. swear I just paid that. Yeah, that was four weeks ago. I'm like, wow. Um, but
0: yeah, I mean, we can definitely talk about it. I, was, I wasn't going to say nothing yeah. about okay. it yet, but Shh. you guys good didn't way, hear that. Good way to let the yeah. cat out the bag. That's what I was like, ah! Yeah.
1: Generate some controversy yeah. here. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll just...
0: I was going to ask you if you had any advice for people, but you gave plenty of, of
2: advice, so I'm not even going to ask you. Just work hard, man. You have yeah. a goal and you want to achieve it, work towards it and don't give up on your dreams. Dreams are a very important thing because if you don't do it, you'll always have that what if or wonder. Yeah. And if you go do it, boy, that was a horrible mistake or man, that was the best thing I've, best decision I've ever made. And it could turn into things that you never even imagined, never even thought of.
1: Mm-hmm. When failing is a good way to know that, uh, not to do it that way. Well,
2: and you know what, that's a really good point because going through failure makes you really strong. It, it allows quite a few different aspects, especially if you're that kind of person that wants to achieve, you know, and you, you go through whether that's a business failure or whether that's a engine rebuild failure or whatever, you know, and you always want to do better. You will do your diligence to go far away from that failure in a good way and cross all your T's and dot all your I's and and cover yourself, you know? And that's, I think, my one buddy said this, is you're not a business owner until you have a failure. And guy had multi, multi-million dollar company, lost every bit of it, gone. Hmm. gone. And he rebuilt the entire thing all over again, like tenfold this time. And I was like, (laughs) dang, I wish I had that kind of thing. You know, and I have people that just, friends that you give them a dollar and they'll make 10 grand by the end of the day off that dollar. Mm. I mean, and I've witnessed that I've loaned my buddy a hundred dollars. and He came back with 10 grand at the end of the day and he gave me 200 bucks. I'm like, what? I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Where's my grand <laughs> off of this, you know? Yeah. But Hey, I, it doesn't matter, but failure is a very, it's humility. a very important thing, you know, humbleness, humility. Those are very, very important things.
1: Well, and just I mean we were about to wrap up sorry. and we're keeping going yeah, but it, here's, on sorry, this man. topic <laughs> though, you we were talking about the people who, you know, are always blaming someone else. Yeah. And if you're always blaming someone else, you're never looking at what Steven. you <laughs> you're never looking at what you were responsible for and yep. what you could have changed and what you could have um, you know done differently and when you are your own boss there's still people to blame you know there's still plenty of that but when you do look at yourself and go like oh i could have you know done this better or i should have done this and then the next time guess what it's not going to bite you again because you made that adjustment but if you're never looking at yourself and what you did you're always looking at other people or you know blaming on somebody else then that's where it's really easy not to make that next step or that growth
2: well you told me that that one story, you know, and, and that brings up a valid point. You have a customer, you send a guy out and does a repair, their truck, tractor, whatever, has a failure. The customer comes back just unloading on you and you weren't the one that went out and fixed it. So you take the brunt of the force and then you have to go talk to your technician about it, you know, hopefully in a kinder way about everything to, to make those things. But if you're always pointing the finger other directions, you're never going to learn, man. You never and that goes personally too in life. That's not just work. If you're always pointing the finger at other things, you're never gonna learn yourself. Where's that gonna get you? Yep. So now we can close that. There we go. And just
0: remember, whatever room you go into is a great room because you're in it. Mm
2: (laughs) <laughs> it's a great day. The sun's up, guys. I'm just kidding. Working, Even a, if it's buried behind the clouds and a tornado's coming, it's still a great day. <laughs> the sun's up. <laughs> Working. Uh, I
0: know you You said you're kind of big on social media or like to do social media. Where can people find you?
2: So we have a website. We have a TikTok. It's rsdheavyequipmentrepair.com i uh, got a ton of hashtags out there and everything like that. I promise to do more in-depth videos. I have a lot of videos going, hey, we're going to fix this day. And I put the phone down and I do what I'm supposed to do. But I need to invite those followers along on some of the things, you know, when it's the proper times to do it, when you're in the proper settings. You know, you don't want to always do it everywhere you go. But, you know, and maybe put out some... Lessons out there on how to do some things, or why certain things fail, or you know things like that. So I do promise to all my followers to do that. So that's where they can find us. We have our website, we have a Facebook, we have an Instagram, we have a TikTok. So, and I'm very grateful as platforms because honestly, Instagram is how we really started. Yeah, that's the only thing that grows for me is Instagram. Yeah. it's crazy. You have a TikTok, and
1: it's I mean, sorry to interrupt, but no, no that's where you know. Even though a lot of the people I've never met from this community, that's where, like, I talk to all of them. Or, that's, how know, the all Jay- that yeah. that's how I met Davey Josh. and all that Josh. That's how I, Instagram. Yeah. Do you well, know, and some I, people, I only it, know their Instagram names, so... I, Someone told me the other day, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so. I'm like, no. give me their Instagram name. I might know
2: them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, like, uh, Davey Joshi was using that laptop, and I talked to you about that, too. And right. I, that's how I met him. I reached out. I'm like, hey, where'd you get that laptop? You know, because he's always posting it and stuff. So, anyways, I'll let the episode in. Sorry. Keep uh-huh. talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: all good. Well, I appreciate you having me on today, and yeah, thank you yeah. very much. This is a great episode. Episode 60. I should have a lot more episodes out, but, you know, I take some time off from time mm-hmm. to time. Oh, we all got to do that to keep our sanity. And uh, yeah, great episode. I'm excited for the next few episodes, you guys. Uh, Just wait and see, because they're gonna be good ones. So, anyway, we'll see you guys.